Once upon a time, Henry met the girl of his dreams. And they see. Henry Roth. And they lived happily ever after. For one freaking day. <laughs> what is going on? Lucy was in a car accident. She lost her short-term memory. Don't you remember me a little? Now every day, he'll have to start from scratch. Here she comes. Look cute. Forget the girl. Why is she not slowing down? Uh-oh. Oh, no! That didn't work. 50 First Dates. Welcome to the House of Cinema podcast, and in the house today, we are taking a dive into the very interesting world of the Adam Sandler romantic comedies. Now, a little bit different, Ren is not here with me today, but I have a wonderful guest with me today. Today, Ange Schrader is with me. Angela, say hi. Hello. Angela is a friend of mine, and she is also a connoisseur of romantic comedies. She suggested we do 50 First Dates, which was good, because you could have suggested a lot of not-so-great ones, and I'm really glad you picked the one that I, uh, I actually really enjoy. So before we be actually begin our episode on 50 First Dates, we have a tradition. I am going to ask you, what is your most rewatched movie? Now, I think it's important to always clarify this, that it's not your favorite movie that you've seen three times, but it's your actually most rewatched movie, a movie that you've seen a hundred times despite if it's good or bad. So what is your most rewatched movie? I think this one's hard for me because I'm the person, and I think this is because I'm from like the renting era, like where people would like rent videos. And so for me, like, right, like for me to feel like I got my money's worth, like, let me watch this movie five times over in one weekend. <laughs> but I think the highest, the highest watch count, if I was 14 year old me, I would say super bad. Super okay, bad was wow. like the highest watch. That's um, actually a good one too. It is. It is a very good one. I, I thought it was a challenge to watch it every day. And now older me, it's Inception. I can always put that on. I feel like you're kind of just like, not lying, but I was surprised these are two actually pretty good movies and you didn't say something like uh, Twister or something like The Perfect Storm, something that's like a little bit cheesier than Inception and Superbad. I feel like you're holding back on me right now. Okay, well, I mean, close second, um, and it's just, you know, because I watched Inception too many times. I was also the same person who watched Inception three times in the movie theaters. Okay, um, all right, And fair, so when, it, you know, DVD release, it really was just all bets are off. Uh, but close second is The Greatest Showman, and I am not ashamed of that. I love The Greatest Showman. <laughs> That's what I was really looking for. Okay, I'm glad I pulled that out of you because now I feel a little bit better. I have never seen that movie. It's really, oh, you got to watch that movie. The <laughs> character development is 10 out of 10. Like Wolverine, wow. Okay, okay. I'll have to check it out eventually. Second question. Yes. What is your hottest or most controversial movie take? And this could span anything. Okay, well, this is fantastic because I claim that Fifty First States is the best rom-com. That, that is your actual claim. That is your allegation that Fifty First States is the number one rom-com? Number one rom-com. Wow. Okay. It's this up against My Best Friend's Wedding, as you know. Okay. Um, okay. I loved that podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Big fan of that movie. It's very controversial. Every time I say that Fifty First States is the best rom-com, I get a lot of looks, a lot of stares. Or you have the people who are like, yeah, 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 you're right. <laughs> wow. Okay. I am in that camp of some shocked looks. I love, I do enjoy this movie a lot. I will admit that. But to say it's the best, it might be like my top 10. It's definitely the one rom-com I've seen more than most. Uh, just because it's on TV a lot. It's pretty mm -hmm. easy to watch. It's not too long. But the best. All right. Well, this will make an interesting conversation for today's episode. So I'm excited for you to join us or I guess just join me today. Yeah. And um, let's jump straight into 50 First Dates. And now, our feature presentation. 50 First Dates was released on February 13th of 2004, perfectly timed for the Valentine's Day holiday, directed by Peter Siegel. And for those who don't know, Peter Siegel did Tommy Boy, Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, Anger Management, The Longest Yard, Get Smart, and Grudge Match. Wow, what a filmography. I think Martin Scorsese would be jealous of all these movies that Peter Siegel has done. Besides Fifty First Dates, what other movie would you use on this list that I just quickly read would you then say is your second favorite? You're going to love this. I hate all of those movies. I don't think any of those movies are good. <laughs> so I've seen all of them. I haven't seen Get Smart, actually. 
I hate to admit that I've seen Grudge Match, but I have. Uh, Tommy Boy's good. You don't like Tommy Boy? I think Tommy Boy is pretty fun. I mean, I've never seen Tommy Boy, but of all the movies that I would say maybe are okay is Get Smart, because it is kind of funny. But yeah, the other ones, it's just not, I'm not a fan. Okay, that's fair. I liked The Longest Yard a lot, actually. I think it's pretty fun to watch. But Tommy Boy, I think, in terms of like what movie is good, I think Tommy Boy might be the second one. So maybe you should, you'll check out Tommy Boy, maybe you'll change your mind. Maybe I'll change my mind. And then we'll come back and do this again. (laughs) We'll have a Tommy Boy episode. (laughs) I looked at this list and I was like, is this really the same like person as Shocker? Very wide range of talent he has here. Going from comedy to comedy to comedy to comedy to comedy to comedy. <laughs> 50 First Dates cast Adam Sandler as Henry Roth. Drew Barrymore as Lucy Whitmore. Rob Schneider plays Ula. Samwise Gamgee, a.k.a. Sean Astin. I guess it's Sean Astin, a.k.a. Samwise Gamgee. But he's in this movie as Doug Whitmore, who might be like the secret MVP of this film. Blake Clark plays Marlon Whitmore, who's Lucy's dad. Um, Dan Aykroyd's in this movie. He's a doctor who's in it for like uh, five to seven minutes. And then shout out to Maya Rudolph, who's in this movie for a hot two minutes as like a pregnant friend. Movie had a budget of $75 million. It grossed worldwide $198.5 million. Did very well. Rotten Tomatoes, critic score 45%. Audience score, 65%. The consensus. Grossed out humor overwhelms the easy chemistry between Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore, who brings some energy and yucks to this tale of a girl with short-term memory loss and a guy who tries to get her to love him. What are your initial thoughts on seeing and hearing these two scores? Critic score, 45, and audience score of 65%. Oh, it's, it's definitely on par. Like, I... <laughs> I look at this and I'm like, yeah, that sounds about right. But I still love the movie. I was actually surprised that the critics had given it a 45%. People can be pretty harsh, I feel like, sometimes. So when I saw 45, I think I went in expecting low 20s, 20 to 30. So kind of happy to see that critics were like, all right, I'm kind of on board with this Adam Sandler, Drew Barrymore shtick and weird plot that we hadn't seen before. Let's jump into The More You Know. I've written down a couple facts here about this movie that I found to be interesting. Fact number one, this is the very first film to ever be released on Blu-ray back in 2006. Now, this may not be interesting. Maybe it will help you win some bar trivia in the future when bars reopen. (laughs) But I feel like when they released Blu-rays, it was like a big thing. Or maybe it wasn't a big thing, but it was like, okay, let's get a good movie on Blu-ray. Let's let's put Inception on Blu-ray or let's put some iconic, iconic film on Blu-ray and like really push the Blu-ray front, get people to buy these and realize this is quality cinema. And the <laughs> first movie they made on Blu-ray was 51st States. I think you would have been like the first person in line to buy it. Oh, 1000%. I mean, how old was I when Blu-ray came out thinking... It probably was like 12, so <laughs> I don't know if that was the first person. I do remember, this was my problem with Blu-ray, was that you needed a different player, mm, right? So like yeah, everyone, right? And that was, please tell me you remember that issue. I do, I do. Thing is, being a boy, I was uh, obviously buying gaming systems pretty often, and the nice thing was that they integrated like Blu-ray players into yes. like the PlayStation, so I was like, oh. I've got a PlayStation. I have a Blu-ray player now. But but that didn't come until like way after, don't you think? Yeah. I don't remember the timeline, but it, it, you bring up a good point. Yeah, it didn't happen immediately, I think. I'm pretty sure it was afterwards. But I do remember it being an issue that if you didn't have a Blu-ray player, you, you can't watch Blu-rays. It's just more interesting now to think that I don't think anybody even buys movies anymore. I mean, I buy them once in a while. Do you buy movies? I mean, that's my unpopular opinion there. It's like, I really think the creation of DVDs was like the death of like, I don't know, film. Like I loved everything on VHS and I love that, but I knew that DVDs were like not a sustainable way. And I think they knew that too, considering like shortly after Blu-ray films came to be and then that kind of died like... I don't know. When's la- What's the last movie that you bought? Like an actual An actual like DVD? physical copy. Copy? DVD or Blu-ray. What's the last physical disc that you bought? What movie? Well, let me tell you. I was boycotting Blu-ray since 2006, <laughs> so I definitely was not purchasing those. Wow. Um, because they also, like, it was a money thing. Like, they were $10 extra, and I was like, same same movie. Yeah. Might as well just fair. get the $10 cheaper one. Last physical copy, 
I will say, I mean, okay, that's fair. I did go through like some DVD phases where I was buying like a collection of DVDs and then I was like, wait, this isn't fun or cool anymore. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't even remember the last movie. I must have been in middle school. Yeah. And that's the point. I guess it's really interesting is that even though we've evolved, well, I guess evolved from DVD to Blu-rays, I don't even know many people who are even buying Blu-rays now because you can just watch everything digitally. If it's not streaming, people aren't really going out to seek it and buy it. I don't know. Oh, one thousand. Yes, 1,000%. I think you're the reason why Walmart still has like those $5 bins of DVDs. And they have like 30 of them in there. Every time I go to Walmart or Target and they have a big bin of DVDs and I see all of those DVDs, I think, who is buying these? Who's buying DVDs? And now I know it's probably you because you're boycotting Blu-ray still. <laughs> Listen. Which makes I'm so much about- sense. Yes, I am a big like streaming services. When Netflix came to be, I was like, wow. Even as like a small child, I was like, this is a fantastic business model. They know exactly <laughs> what's up. <laughs> I was like, no late fees. And I just get to order online and the DVDs come to my house. Like, fantastic. Um, but yeah, there was, a, there was a time in my life where I was buying DVDs a lot and boycotting the, the Blu-ray situation because I wasn't going to use my brother's PlayStation to watch that stuff. That's fair. That's fair. Fact number two I wrote down, this movie was originally titled 51st Kisses. But they changed to avoid confusion with Drew Barrymore's Never Been Kissed. But I also read on Wikipedia that people found, or the production company found, that men found the word kiss as a turnoff. My question to you is, 51st Kisses versus 51st Dates, which title do you prefer? 51st Dates makes more sense. Like, I think it's cuter. Uh, this idea of like, oh, like they're going to go on all these dates versus like all these kisses. And maybe like the, you know, the confusion of, I've never been kissed because that was another movie I did watch quite a lot because it was always on TNT, Mm -hmm. Um, right? And so that would cause some confusion. But I will say, and I don't know if this is too soon to talk about it, but like one of the scenes there where they're, you know, having their first kiss over and over again, like it makes sense, right? Like you would want to name it that way. But how do you feel? I'm kind of in the same boat. I like 51st Dates more. I think just aesthetically, it sounds better than 51st Kisses. 51st mm-hmm. Kisses is kind of like a tongue twister in my head. Like The more I'm saying it, the more I'm afraid I'm going to mess it up. 51st mm-hmm. Dates rolls off the tongue just a little bit better. The, the thing I read that men don't like the word kiss or it's a, the word kiss is a turnoff, I think is pretty ridiculous though. I wouldn't watch, I'm not looking at this thing like I'm not going to watch this movie because it has the word kiss in it, but it just doesn't flow as well as 51st Dates. Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely interesting. Imagine being in that like survey pool of being like, okay, do you think kisses is a word that will turn (laughs) you off? And it's really realistically like we're going to, you know, just survey these 50 people and it's going to be that's what's going to decide this factor. Um, And that's what I think whenever they do like these like naming things where it's like, man, who was in the room? (laughs) Who was in the room making the the decision? That's why I'm leaning more towards they changed it because I've never been kissed. That makes more sense. Like you said, it usually get confused. Or maybe they think it's like related to that movie in some way when it's not at all. Any facts you want to add to the more you know before we move on? Um, I read somewhere, and to be quite honest, I don't know if this is true or not, uh, but they said that the original setting was supposed to be in Seattle. Oh, okay. I did read this somewhere. Did you I see did that? read this yeah. somewhere. And I thought that was so interesting. I think the reason I love this movie so much is because it's set in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, like, you know, a close thing with Hawaii always my entire life. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. But yeah, I think, like, it would not be the same if it was in Seattle. Just imagine that. Like, the rain the fog it would just be more like a Grey's Anatomy situation versus like (laughs) like a like a tropical I'm having fun situation I don't know what are your thoughts if this was in Seattle I would agree with you I feel like Seattle is very cool place very Mm -hmm. moody very dreary I like sleepless in Seattle I don't love it don't love it yes but Seattle is a location definitely I feel like just sucks the fun out of this movie because there's no fun locations and a lot of the things that are fun about this movie like you mentioned is just being in Hawaii and it's all tropical and fun and sunny mm-hmm. yeah it being in Seattle would be kind of a drag I feel like um oh, if they want to sure. do like 51st date the serious drama about a girl who loses her memory and they want to change it then yeah I think that works but if it's like rom-com fun I think Hawaii works a lot better so good choice on uh staying in Hawaii like, I think it's it's interesting because you definitely, like, you're like, yeah, I can see this being in Seattle, but it'd be like a serious movie. It'd be like yeah. a very drama. 
Meredith Gray, I'm here to save her life type of deal. <laughs> but, you know, when you change the location, Hawaii is a 10 times better of a choice. For now I'm just looking forward to a Grey's Anatomy 51st Date spinoff. I have only seen like the first two seasons of Grey's Anatomy. So, and that was enough for you. Well, you know what? To be honest, after <laughs> O'Malley died, I was like done. I'm like I cannot take the pain. If this show is just going to keep delivering that kind of pain to me, there's no reason for me to keep watching it. And I just moved on with my life. That's definitely fair, but I think that's like the beauty of the show and why people no, come back cuz they're like, "Ooh, ridiculous. I need this pain every week. <laughs> I need I need to cry." It's the same with like this is us. You and you know it's true. You well, know what? that people come back for the pain. Just true. Life's hard enough. I don't need to like sit there and cry about every character that's going to die. Um, I'm not cut off on Grey's Anatomy, but I like will like look it up or when news comes out about it, I'll like look into it. And from what I understand, not like none of the characters are even on the show anymore except for Meredith. So it seems yes. like it's just kind of Cold spiraling ending. out of control at this point. It is. And it's still a guilty pleasure. It's still good. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's fair. Well, I think it's time that we jump into the actual movie. I wrote down a couple scenes here. You know, I didn't know if I pushed to put favorite scenes or most memorable scenes. It's a combination of the both. Let's talk about the iconic romantic comedy, Meet Cute. You know, why don't you try this? It's kind of a hinge. Now, why didn't I think of that? Oh, you're too close to the project. Don't be hard on yourself. You're right. Sometimes you need an outsider's perspective. Fresh eye never hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Lucy. Yes, I'm Henry Rod. Nice to nice meet you. It's pretty. Keep up the good work. Wait, I see you're sitting there alone. Um, do you want to come and sit down? Sure, sure. That'd be great. So for those who don't know, okay. a meet cute is in romantic comedies when the two characters involved who are supposed to fall in love is when they meet the very first time. It's a thing in romantic comedies. It's always been a thing, apparently. I actually stumbled across a website when I was looking and doing my research. And this website compiled like 50 or 60 romantic comedies together. And they pumped out some cool stats. And they found the most popular venue in which couples and romantic comedies meet. Could you even guess where most films have their couples meet? In like what location? Grocery store. Grocery store is not on there. Darn. I think it's more it's more obvious than you think. Um, work? Work. It, yeah, that's, that's exactly it. Work is the number oh. one spot. Romantic comedies have their two couples or their, their two people meet. The following movies all had their people meet at work. Uh, what Women Want with uh, Mel Gibson and Helen Hunt. Yeah, I think Helen Hunt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pretty Woman. Technically, she is working when she, she meets Richard Gere. Uh, the Proposal, they meet at work. Uh, Just Go With It, they meet at work. Made in Manhattan, as good as it gets, meet at work. So work is the most popular place for rom-com couples to meet. Uh, you don't have to do this, but what do you think the number two is? I think also pretty obvious. Number two? I want to say school, but I feel like that's not really a good answer. It's not school. It's actually a bar, which is oh, like boring. Very common. Sorry. Yeah, super common. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I, you know, I just haven't been to it. You know, the world shut down. What is a bar? Now, I know, right? I know. What, what is people? What are bars? Yeah, bar is the second most popular place that rom com couples meet. Hitch, Knocked Up, How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, Crazy Stupid Love, are all examples of where their couples meet at a bar. Fifty uh, first dates, though, they meet at a restaurant. I am curious to know your thoughts on their initial meet cute. I didn't. I didn't think it was like something that was life-changing right because their meet cute if you think about it was like adam sandler just coming into the restaurant and i don't think he actually says anything to her he just watches her uh from afar and he's Mm -hmm. like i'm gonna come back tomorrow and do it all over again right or hope that she comes back and so i didn't think that it was that cute like it wasn't just like this we're running into each other or you know we're stuck in this like shitty work situation it's more so like i saw someone from afar and i'm gonna come back and see what happens so the, the actual meet cute, they, he comes in, he comes back, and then he walks up to her and does the most egregious and semi-disgusting thing I've ever seen in a romantic comedy. And maybe this is me speaking in COVID times, and I'm just right. like highly sensitive to germs and highly sensitive to <laughs> washing my hands. But 
He walks up to her and then he touches her food and puts like a toothpick in her waffles. I'm all for unique meat cutes. I think they're very fun. I'm a very big fan of the serendipity meat cute where John Cusack meets Kate Beckinsale as they're both trying to buy the same glove. Love it. And it's beautiful. Beautiful moment. Love that movie. Perfect rom-com. Love that movie as well. But this one, uh, I don't know. I really think like touching her waffles takes it over the line. I I just, I feel like. I would be pissed. I'm going to ask you. If that was you, how would you feel? First of all, I'm that person that's like, if my plate comes to the table, you know, if I'm dining at a restaurant and I'm the person who got the side of fries with my burger and someone just grabbed a fry without asking, (laughs) I'm already like upset. I'm raging. How dare you touch my food? You could have asked for a fry and I would have given it to you, but how dare you? Now, and then Adam Sandler's taking it to the next level where he's like, you don't even know me but let me go up to you and touch your food. Imagine that. Someone I don't know touching my fry. That's it. Hulk out. I'm done. <laughs> okay. So I have to take a step back. Let's say you're in Adam Sandler's position. Okay. What are your thoughts on a grown woman building a house out of waffles? So I wrote that down on my notes too. Where <laughs> I wrote, I literally wrote, making of a waffle house? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but when you start like paying attention to this in detail versus having it on the background while you're doing laundry, you really notice these things. And I was like, wow, she's making, she took the hot coffee and she put it in the little cup so that it looks like it's steaming. Yeah. Um, if it was the like lava that she was making or sometimes it was the waffle house she was making. Uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting. Definitely d- uh, quirky. I was like, oh, she's a quirky girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that was my thought. But what about you? Like, what did you think about the whole thing? And then actually give details to what Adam Sandler says about his fingers. Oh, gosh. Yeah. A lot of thoughts happening in my head right now. The first thing is that if I'm in Adam Sandler's position, my initial reaction wouldn't be, I need to talk to this woman. I have to sit down and talk to her. This is just, she's just so quirky. I need to talk to her. It would be like, this, this person's a child, obviously. So I'm going to have to walk away. Um, but Adam Sandler goes for it. The conversation that ensues afterwards about his like hand smelling like fish and you make a good point in terms of this was all in the background. I'd probably like glancing over like, oh, this is cute. They look like they're getting along. But when you actually sit down and watch it, it's like kind of weird. And I'm not sure it's like the most accurate representation of how two people should ever meet ever. Oh, yeah. And I just think about it and I'm like, wow, 2004 was a different time, a different breed. (laughs) But I will say the one thing that saves the scene for me is when they leave the restaurant together and they exchange pleasantries and numbers or whatever and then they both dance at the end because they're happy they have met each other i will admit cheesy yes cute also yes i enjoyed that a lot and then they catch each other dancing out of happiness i was down for that so kind of saves the scene for me i just think it's a very interesting moment in the movie so that's it's funny you bring that up because it's like they have these scenes and tell me if you feel this way because I need to know if it was just me, but it's like they have these weird scenes where you're like, wow, this did not hold up over time. Like the fishy fingers, mm, this ain't <laughs> it. And then they do something cute and you're like, I remember why I like this movie. Yes, yes. I mean, that's exactly how I feel watching, like rewatching this movie the past week. This is also a movie that's on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. Where, USA. Yeah, it's on USA a lot. And I was watching it. I was like, man, this movie's kind of not good. And then, you know, the the scene happens where they're dancing because they met each other. I'm like, oh, it's cute. Or Doug comes on the screen and he does stupid Doug things. I'm like, this guy's very yes. funny. This is why I like this movie. And there are just moments like that where I realize, okay, if you take this movie kind of seriously at points, you're not going to really enjoy it. But uh, there's, there's some mo- definitely saving moments to it. So I'm in the same boat as you for sure. The other scene I want to talk about, which kind of is the same thing, but it's a good segue. But it is after he learns about her memory issue, but continues to pursue her anyways. And it's basically the entire montage of him and his many valiant attempts to get her attention and kind of strike up a conversation with her and meet her. Appreciate your time. And everybody would have stopped like you. You're real sweet. Thank you. Okay. Okay. Ah! (laughs) I can't believe you fell for that. My grandfather died trying to jumpstart a car. Oh. I'm sorry. I I was just joking around. I can't believe you fell for that! (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That was very good. (laughs) My name's Henry. What are your thoughts on the montage and then on the whole hour after this? 
Okay, so let's talk montages, because I think the reason I like this movie so much, and maybe why other people like this movie so much, is because there's multiple montages, and it's so good. They're so cute, and you're just like, mm, this is exactly what I wanted in a rom-com. Yes, this is the moment in the rom-com uh, where it's like, this is what I asked for. This is what I this wanted. Is yeah, this is why I came here. This is why I'm watching this channel right now and in the middle of the day on Saturday. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like my like heart aches like every time they show the scene of Doug and Drew Barrymore's dad. Like they start the day over and over again after oh, she goes to sleep. yeah, yeah, Like yeah. that montage is good. And then... Of course, it segues into um, the whole, con like, him stopping her on her way home every day and him figuring out different ways, like, uh, where he's, like, a construction site or getting uh, beat up by Rob Schneider, which is Oh, good. yeah, that's a good a, one. That's that a good a one. one. And that's, I think, like, it pulls at our, at our hearts a lot. And my heart, my heart every time. <laughs> this is the part of the movie where I feel like Adam Sandler and Drew Barrymore work very well together. And it's yes. this stretch of moment where it's like, all right. I get the chemistry. It's obviously there. So this is also a good segue to the last scene I wanted to talk about. Although it's not my favorite scene, it's something I feel like we need to just discuss. And that's the end, the very end of the movie. And I'm talking like the last five to six minutes. Hey, good morning, Mrs. Roth. Would you like to meet your daughter? Well, say hello to mommy. Hi, mommy. Right. Good morning. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Grandpa's here. Hi, Dad. Um, this is the moment where Drew Barrymore wakes up and she's in Antarctica. She has a child. Her, they're on a boat in the middle of nowhere. I need to get your thoughts on the ending of this movie and just this last hour we've dealt with after learning about her, her short-term memory issue. I think it's a good way to wrap up this movie or just like this rom-com in general, right? I think, and maybe I'm just jaded because of all the rom-coms I watch now where sometimes they just don't end up together and you have to be okay with it. But the fact that she has this short-term memory loss problem, right? And, um, you know, and then she still gets to be with her, the love of her life, even with that. And she wakes up and she gets to have a kid and they're doing their thing that they wanted to do. Like it seems to wrap it all up and throw a bow on it. And you're like, okay, goodbye. But it doesn't seem fitting. It just seems like it comes out of nowhere. And you're like, oh, okay, I guess the movie's over now. I am also one who loves a happy ending. Give me a bow on my ending all the time. All the time. You know, part of why my best friend's wedding kind of irks me is because Julia never ends up with anybody and that's kind of sad but maybe that's the point she doesn't end up with anybody and that's why people love it I know but like the plot twist on that one is like don't you think like she's being such a bad oh. like per like person on that one where she's Yo, like she's I love her terrible. so much but she's being awful like she's an yeah. awful character and you're like oh yeah you shouldn't be, you shouldn't <laughs> end with someone <laughs> I don't she know is, if this is the one <laughs> she's not a great person in that movie at all I get that I think though if we would have had 54th states and with Adam Sandler single or yes. just in, in Antarctica alone, I might have loved this movie a little bit more. But it makes more sense, right? I mean, how could you ever marry somebody who doesn't remember you every single day they wake up? I mean, I guess it's a testament to how much he loves her and that uh, they're meant to be together because he does all these things for her, but... I mean, at some point in their life, he's going to get tired of it, right? Let me tell you, Joe, you clearly are not a fan of The Notebook, which has oh, the gosh. same premise of this movie, if you think about it deep enough. Okay, okay. Right? Because the entire time, you don't realize um, Noah and Allie, you know, that the you know older couple is essentially Noah and Allie, and Noah visits her every day to help her remember the actual story of their love. Uh, and that's essentially what Adam Sandler is doing here. Every day she wakes up and he doesn't give up on her because he loves her and she loves him. And it's just all all good. Ugh, it makes me so happy that someone would also love me if I had short-term memory loss. I think you're skipping over the very important fact that Allie never woke up 
realizing she was pregnant every day and didn't realize she didn't have a child every day. A little bit okay, different. Okay, well, that's a little deep, and I see why <laughs> they did skip that part in Fifty First Dates, where she does have the ch- that she does, you know, uh, have a child now. Um, yeah, I mean that's fair. I think that is a little shocking to wake up every morning with a a belly. Uh, but yeah. Maybe when she watches the video, she's like, "It's all fine and dandy now." For nine months, though, that's a long time to just it is, like. It's a long time. At the end of the movie, their daughter isn't like one or two. The daughter's like she's like a grown woman. She's, yeah. No, she's. Like <laughs> I mean, four. I would say grown. She's like four. <laughs> she's like four. Yeah, but still, that's like four years of waking up and realizing that this child is mine. I mean, again, I know there's a point that we have to kind of just go with it and ignore it and accept the movie for what it is. But it's hard for me to look past it sometimes because I'm just thinking, how? Why would you not only like why would Adam Sandler put himself through that? But like, man, it must be scary for her to wake up every morning and realize all that. But I guess if true love conquers all. (laughs) Joe, clearly I'm the romantic in this relationship between you and I. Um, (laughs) But let me tell you something. This, they bring this point up in the movie, right, where Adam Sandler is like, it's fantastic that you're doing this work for her every day, but you're also, like, telling her a lie of her life every day, and she has to go through you lying to her every day. Um, and it becomes this dilemma where it's like, are you going to lie to her every day and have her just live her normal life, or are you going to explain the situation and see where that goes? Because either way, she's essentially getting hurt, whether she knows it or not. Is that too deep? That's fair. I mean, that's I mean, right. You see it? Do you see it now? I see it. I see it. All right. You've converted me a little bit. I'm still going to be on the boat. I mean, of like, wow, that guy was dedicated to wake up every morning and film a video. I mean, he has to like update that video with worldly events. And at the same time, he has to study walruses. So, I mean, he's got a lot on his plate. There's so much on his plate. All right. True love. I'll, I'll let it go. True I'll let love it slide. Conquers all. So, we've talked a lot about things that we love most of it let's move to the flaws i have flaws what are they oh i don't know i sing in the shower sometimes i spend too much time volunteering occasionally i'll hit somebody with my car now typically in our episodes it's pretty easy to talk about a movie with flaws because we've talked about whiplash and we've talked about you know other movies that are like oscar contenders or movies a little bit more substance Fifty First Days isn't those kinds of movies, so I don't want to sit here and like nitpick it or like say the character development is terrible or the direction's bad because it's just you know, it's a fun movie. I don't think it's meant for that, but I will say there's one thing about this movie that really irks me, and that's kind of referencing the Rotten Tomatoes consensus, and that's the gross-out factor and the yuck factor. There's a part in the movie where like the walrus throws up on like another zookeeper and. It just feels unnecessary. Like, I don't know what's the point of some of the gross out factors in this movie. I feel like it doesn't add anything to this movie and it just takes away from the movie where I'm like, I could have easily done without that scene and probably would have liked this movie a little bit more. So I'm curious to know what you think. Fan of the grossness or not a fan of the grossness? No, that's so funny that you bring that up. Um, Mostly because I think about it, and anytime I watch any movie from like 2000 to 2006, they have like this grossness factor to it, and I'm just like, we could have done without that. That would have been okay. But that was like, that was it for the time of 2000. Like the early 2000s, I wrote in like big capital letters, it's like, what a different time. (laughs) (laughs) It was. (laughs) It's just what I wrote, because there's just some stuff that did not hold up, and that grossness factor was one of them where I was like, yeah, we didn't need that one. But okay, thinking about this, and I hate that I'm bringing this up because maybe Just Go With It is the exact same movie we're talking about. But do you remember in Just Go With It where they have like, they're in Hawaii and then there's like a lamb or a sheep on the corner that gives birth and they show the like sheep giving like birth. And I'm just like, what is happening right now? Like this makes no sense. And I mean, that movie was like in 2017, 2018. And I was like, wow, maybe it's just an Adam Sandler thing. You made some pretty good points so now i have to like think back and address them again (laughs) um yes i do think that the grossness factor of this movie is a product of the time because yeah you're right back then gross out humor was popular and people liked it and it was funny to an extent so looking back at it now with a 2021 lens it's like oh yeah i could definitely go without that the second thing you brought up that i think is also important is is it just an adam sandler thing and i 
think you kind of hit it on the nose there. I think it is just an Adam Sandler-like gag, and I'm not sure why they haven't gotten tired of it. Did you ever see Hubie Halloween, which came out like last year on Netflix? Goodness. I mean, I watched five minutes and I was like, oh, maybe this wasn't for me. Yeah, it wasn't for me either. <laughs> uh, I watched like the first 10-ish minutes and was also just kind of not into it. So I, I can't testify to whether or not that movie had any like gross out moments. But I do feel like some of his more recent comedies, nothing's coming to my head right now. But oh, and Grown Ups, I'm pretty sure in Grown Ups and Grown Ups 2, he still has those moments of like yes. gross out points. Where I'm like, why? Why is this in it? And I think it's just an Adam Sandler thing. And I think that is why we keep seeing it. I just wish he would kind of just let it go. Just move on. Let's, let's evolve with the comedy. Comedy's move changed a lot. It would be kind of nice to see him change with it. So I'm glad you brought, I'm glad you brought up those two points. Anything else irk you about the movie? Um, I think just the 2004 male. Oh, all right. Perfect. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Um, the 2004 male, not a great time for men. I'll be honest. No. Not a great time as a man. I'll admit that. Uh, You know, Adam Sandler's role and just like some of the jokes, I think I'm not going to rip this movie to shreds. 2004, as we know, was a different time. Mm -hmm. It's like some of them just don't hold up. (laughs) The fishy fingers. Gosh, fishy fingers. I can't, I couldn't believe that was a line in the movie. Like, I know. That was said and they okayed that. Like, yeah, let's go for that. Um, Yeah. The 2004 problem of the man is definitely, looking back at it now, it's 2021. We're a little bit more woke, more aware of our, you know, our effects and social norms and things like that. Um, Yeah, it's kind of an issue. And like, there are moments in the movie where you're like, wow, they said that? Are they allowed to say that? And it just doesn't like work anymore. So yeah, I think if you get past that, though. And you recognize mm-hmm. the true love as you do. It's still very enjoyable. It's still very fun. I mean, they still air it all the time. So I think it's good. And I think about it and I'm like, I can't really be upset with this movie because without like movies like this and, and jokes like this, there was never a space to learn from. So yeah, now that yeah. we're here, right? Like we obviously would never see that in a movie today. Good point. Although there are some jokes that maybe push the limit. It never goes like overboard. Yeah. It never yeah. like really, really bad with it. I mean, there are some very questionable jokes and moments, but... I don't think they ever push it to a point where I'm like, all right, we need to like forget this movie and move on. Forever. It's not that bad. No. It it is tame in some sense. Definitely. And I think they just win people's hearts over with like the love, the love scenes. The chemistry between them is very good. And so once you get past the crude jokes here and there, yeah, the chemistry between them is very good. And that's what ultimately is why I think people come back to it, including yourself and me. Question. What kind of bear is best? That's a ridiculous question. False. Black bear. So let's jump into something more fun. I've written down a lot of great questions here that I now I'm dying to get your answers to. The first thing I want to ask you, Adam Sandler has played a lot of weird characters. And all those characters have had some very interesting jobs in his movies. Of the following jobs he's played, which job do you think is the most believable that Adam Sandler could actually work in real life. Oh, let's go. Adam Sandler has been a pro football player in the longest <laughs> yard. He's been a hotshot lawyer in Big Daddy. From what I remember, he was like hotshot. Like, I think he was in a rut, but then like they always in, like imply that he was a very good lawyer and then he just needed to apply himself. So he's been a lawyer. He's been a vet or walrus expert, as we see in this movie. He's a plastic surgeon in Just Go With It. He's an architect in Click. And then he's a manager at Dick's Sporting's Good in Blended. Of these careers that Adam Sandler has played, what is the most believable? Couple comments. Okay, definitely <laughs> in Click. Uh, I thought he just worked at Bed Bath & Beyond. Did he not just work there? No, he just went there to get a new remote. I think. I haven't okay. seen him in a while. He just goes there to get a remote. <laughs> um, I really thought he worked there. Yeah, but now in hindsight, I'm like, I guess there was a remote that was in play in that movie. So maybe he was just going there for that remote. Which makes me laugh because it definitely was a direct TV remote. So I was like, sir, you're already in the wrong place. Um, <laughs> things to think about. But to answer your question, the most believable, definitely the manager at Dick's Sporting Goods. Yes, 100%. I right? Was Do you obvious. go with that? Yeah, it's so obvious. Like he, the pro football player, get out of here. No, I don't even think like the shape of his head. Um <laughs> like is like made for a football player which makes me laugh because that like you know the whole egghead joke is like brought up in 50 first dates it is lawyer 
we all knew that was like a fake gig and then the plastic surgeon and just go with it was also weird like as funny as that one was in that movie i was like he would never be that but yeah the manager at dick sporting's good um in blended was yeah i was like yeah this is you this is exactly <laughs> the position in real life i watched that movie the first time this week to prepare for it's this episode funny. It's okay. I'll admit I went into it with like super low expectations. Like this yeah. is going to be the worst thing I've ever seen. It's going to be shit. And uh, it wasn't that bad. It's like, it's not as good as 50 first dates, but it's actually no. not bad. I, I enjoyed watching parts of it, but seeing him as a manager at Dick's Sporting Goods, I was like, I think this is the first time I've seen an Adam Sandler movie where I'm like, okay, I, I actually can see you doing this. Let me also ask you this, because apparently you're a Hawaii expert and the connoisseur of I'd Hawaii like movies so. and rom-coms, which I've never been to Hawaii. Just letting you know, straight up, never been. One day, oh one day, goodness. I'll go on a honeymoon Yeah, one day you should go. Just go right now. Just leave. Up and go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to be safe. You know, COVID. Be safe. Yeah, I feel you. Yeah, you're right. But you are the Hawaii expert, so I've learned. I have to get your opinion on this then. Okay. Which romantic comedy set in Hawaii do you prefer? Fifty First States? forgetting sarah marshall <gasps> forgetting sarah marshall so you're now you're opting for forgetting sarah marshall after saying in the beginning of this episode that 50 first dates is your favorite rom-com so i'm just letting you know still that. is <laughs> still is okay okay <laughs> what about forgetting sarah marshall do you like more i think so forgetting sarah marshall to me isn't a rom-com do you consider it a rom-com let me ask you that that is a good question i was hoping you weren't going to ask me um it is to an extent right it's about him getting over his ex and falling in love with Mila Kunis. And that's like a, yeah, I, th I would say yes. It's not your most like cliche, typical rom-com. It's a little bit different, but I would still consider it a rom-com. Yes. I think to me, it's more of a comedy because it just definitely has that same energy of all of Judd Apatow's movies, right? It's just yeah. the same exact movie, a uh, different location. Uh, <laughs> but to me, that falls under a comedy. And as a comedy, I definitely like it because it is in Hawaii. Um, and the reason I like it more is because they do, I don't want to say more Hawaiian things because it's not, they're not doing anything that's Hawaiian. They're doing more touristy things and you get to see more of the island more. Uh, okay. Okay. And that to me is fun and tropical and cool. And it's like, if I was a sad person who had been broken up to, I too would like to go to Hawaii by myself and hopefully not run into my ex, but he did. So I think that's why I like that movie. And also just Paul Rudd's character. Oh, reminds Paul me Rudd's so character. much of Rob Schneider. Like those are the <laughs> parallels between those two. Okay, okay. I stopped wearing a watch when I moved here. Um, <laughs> those are yeah, two completely playing fields in my like apples and oranges here. Like I definitely think Fifty First Dates is like a uh, rom com, and then to me, personal opinion, can't be popular. I'm sure uh, is that Forgetting Sarah Marshall is a comedy. That's very fair, and I think your reasoning for liking Forgetting Sarah Marshall more as a whole because you do see a lot of Hawaii more. They do what? They, do, they go surfing, they do hikes, and they do all these like, crazy stuff. So it's a cliff lot jumping. more. Cliff jumping. So you see more of Hawaii. That's fair. I, I can't say much because I have never been to Hawaii. So both to me are like, oh, both look cool to me. But if you were to throw both these movies at me, I also would lean for getting Sarah Marshall. Just because I think the comedy is a little bit tighter, a little bit cleaner yeah. like, in sense of the writing. Very funny. Paul Rudd's character mvp of that movie but also everybody else is just really really funny so i'm a big fan of that movie if i throw in lilo and stitch are you changing your option oh ugh, that's a cute one no but they have great music in lilo and stitch and you they know do, it. they do they do yeah, i love that coaster stitch. ride yeah that's exactly what i play on the uh like on the way to hawaii it's just get me hyped up yes yeah, so good i'll send you the i'll send you the videos of me dancing to that do you have like hawaii playlists that you listen to on the way there Listen, are we going to do a Hawaiian trivia? I mean, I think I also have a soft spot for Hawaiian rom-coms uh, because I got engaged in Hawaii. Oh, so, okay, okay. plot twist, everybody. Yeah, now we all so, know why. Yeah, I have a soft, you know, a little soft spot for it. Yeah, okay, that's it, fair. True love can okay. be found there. <laughs> very like fair, very fair. Now I'm very curious to know what else is on the playlist on your way to Hawaii. I can only think of... Hawaiian roller coaster ride is a song about Hawaii, but I'm sure there are other ones about there's Hawaii. There's so many other ones. Yes. Yeah, like an Elvis Just song any, about Hawaii, right? There's Elvis songs, any Beach Boy songs as we oh, go 51st okay. Dates, another thing that pulls up my heart. And then just there's a lot of like island music so just if, as long as it has like a tropical vibe to it it's considered yeah 
any just put in a ukulele and then add that song and you'll be like okay this is gonna go on my playlist okay that's good okay i mean that's what i like to think of but listen you're gonna go to hawaii and then the moment you land you're gonna take a deep breath and you're gonna be like i get why angela likes it here like this makes sense all right well one day once the planes well planes are open but once i feel more comfortable flying yeah this is not the time 2022 maybe 2022 is my year my hawaii year there we go (laughs) All right, let's move to the last section before our our quiz. Let's form some ranks. Form ranks! Form ranks! I have two things I want you to rank. The first thing. Okay. I want you to rank Adam Sandler rom-coms. So we have Just Go With It, 50 First Dates, Blended, three movies we kind of talked about a little bit, and the last one I put on here, I'm not sure if you're going to consider it a rom-com, but I kind of did. And it's Mr. Deeds. His love interest is Nona in that one, right? Yes, that is his love interest Oh, in okay. One. So let me, can I change? Here, let me ask this question back to you. Okay. Instead of Mr. Deeds, another rom-com that I would consider, Big Daddy. Okay. I would have to say that I think Mr. Deeds is more of the rom-com. I feel like the relationship in Big Daddy between Adam Sandler and Frankenstein is more about their relationship. That's more of the forefront of the movie than it is his relationship with uh, Joey Adams' character, which she's important to the movie, but it's not like that's not what it's about. It's about you know Big Daddy and, and Sonny and Julius. So I would probably say Mr. Deeds is more of the rom-com. Hmm. That's interesting. I think Big Daddy is like more of the rom-com because it's like the love of Sonny and Julius like being in the forefront, right? Like that's kind of like what's making you fall in love. That's kind of the same like types of feelings and emotions you'd get in a rom-com. Oh, you're going uh, just on a, wow. Right? We're looking at introspective. Yeah, um, <laughs> going deep here. Okay. Going really deep because I think that is the same thing. And I think that's why people love that movie so much is because you get to see the love that Adam Sandler has for this kid. And, and how they like foster that relationship throughout the movie and how wow. you want them to have the good ending and how you want him to adopt him and tears every time I swear I watched this movie and I was like I'm gonna go adopt five kids and my husband was like no <laughs> you can't just do that like you can't just wake up one day and want to adopt five kids because you watch Big Daddy it's um, true it's true but it's it's ex- the exact same feeling where it's like I watch rom-com and I'm like I want love like that in Hawaii <laughs> wow okay you went pretty deep on me. That's fair. It is a familial love rather than like we, a romantic love. We won't add love. it to the rank. Okay. So let's stick with Just Go With It, 50 First Dates, Blended, and Mr. Deeds. How do you rank these from the fourth being your least favorite and the first being your most favorite? Um, okay. Number four, Mr. Deeds, least favorite. Wow. Okay. That's then awesome. it goes to Blended. And then I have a toss up with 50 First Dates and Just Go With It. Interesting. I didn't know you were a big Just Go With It fan. Oh, huge, huge Just Go With It fan. Um, I did that same thing where I watched it like 20 times over in a weekend. So you got to make a decision here, though. I know. I have to make a decision. I think it has to be 50 First Dates. It was my first love. And then Just Go With It came along, and I was like, yeah, I like this one, too. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. What about you? I would go a little bit differently. Actually, a lot bit differently. I put Blended last, and then I would put Just Go With It. And then I would go Mr. Deeds and then 51st Days. I think you're underestimating how good Mr. Deeds is. I think it deserves a rewatch. It's very, very good. It's maybe <sighs> not as like heartfelt, but it is, I think, funnier than um, all these options. I think it's the funniest one on this list. Funnier than Big Daddy? Well, okay. Well, if we add Big Daddy into the throw of it, uh, I don't know where where Mr. Deeds lands. I think Mr. Deeds is very underrated, though. I think more people need to give Mr. Deeds a chance. It is. My whole thing with Mr. D's is like the only two things I can remember from it is his frozen toe and how he stabs it. And then also the like (laughs) fountain of Hawaiian punch. Yeah. Those are just two excellent moments in a very funny movie. He buys everybody Corvettes and they're all driving Corvettes around. (laughs) So he's basically uh, Oprah. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) There's a lot of great moments. It deserves a rewatch. Remember she like pretends to be some from some fake town and then he finds that town and they go there and... (laughs) I, I love that movie a lot. So Yeah, so like that whole thing is confusing. I, isn't there like at one point where he, she is a fraud? I got to rewatch it. It's obviously she is been a fraud. A moment. She's like she is a there fraud. Right. to steal his money. Uh, oh. I think she's there to, she's like a reporter. Money? She's just trying to like oh. 
get in to learn a cool story for the newspaper or a tabloid or something and then he learns about it anyways mr d's deserves a rewatch for sure okay we'll put that on the list last thing i want you to rank before we get to the end here yes famous romantic comedy duos drew barrymore adam sandler have been in three movies together we talked about blended in 51st states but they've also been in the wedding singer where do they sit on this list of people we have meg ryan and tom hanks sleeps in seattle and you've got mail Julia Roberts and Richard Gere and Pretty Woman and Runaway Bride and Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey from Fool's Gold and How to Lose a Ten Guy How, how to Lose Ten Guys <laughs> How to Lose how a to Guy lose ten. <laughs> <laughs> How to Lose, lose a Guy in, <laughs> in 10 Days Where does Drew Barrymore and Adam Sandler sit? I'm interested to know how you rank these duos Ooh Okay I'm at number 4 and I don't know if you'll hate me after this one Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks No I, I don't I You know what I'm going to be a proponent for like those movies are good, but they're not great. And I, I know what people right. love them. I'm just like, yes. I don't really care for them. So I'm not, I don't hate you. You're good there. Okay. And then number three is Kate Hudson um, and Matthew McConaughey. And then, ooh, you know, this is a tough one. Number two is Drew Barrymore, Adam Sandler. Okay. Okay. And the winner, winner, chicken dinner, Julia Roberts and Richard Gere. I think it's a pretty accurate ranking. I think mine is, I, mm, Although I, I agreed with you that Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks are just okay, I think they're just slightly better than Kate Hudson and Matthew McConaughey. Interesting. I just don't like Fool's Gold. I like How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I don't like Fool's Gold. And that's my least favorite movie out of all these movies that we've talked about. Um, so I would <laughs> probably switch those two, but I agree with uh, everything else. I think that uh, Julia Roberts from Richard Gere, definitely the all-stars for rom-com duos oh julia roberts is just the all-star for all rom-coms yeah yeah she is yeah yeah goodness gracious the best the best it's scary how good she is i feel like every rom-com she's been in i've been a huge fan in a few huge fan of so i don't know what it is i think it's the smile it's the smile it's her hair her hair is great oh her hair is great yes it sounds ridiculous but her hair is pretty fantastic yeah but i will say so i think julia roberts definitely carries that like duo versus like drew barrymore and adam sandler they have chemistry and we know they have chemistry i think richard Gere is okay like he's great and he was such a popular person at that time but she's also fantastic um in my best friend's wedding yeah and notting hill she's very good at notting hill as well yes well we've had some excellent conversations on romantic comedies and 51st dates which leads me to our last section which is a section where i'll be quizzing you and this time, I'll be quizzing you on famous romantic comedy women. Now, oh. the 80s and 90s saw a lot of action movies with men, and they named those action characters some pretty cheesy things. Romantic comedies, they did the same thing to women, I feel like. They have a lot of famous romantic comedy women with some pretty cheesy names or very memorable names. So what I'll be doing is this. Naming the character, and you'll just tell me what movie that character is in. Round one is easy. Round two is harder. Round three is the hardest. Three questions each in each round. Are you ready? I'm ready. So round one, Elle Woods is a famous character from which movie? Legally Blonde. All right. See, just getting your feet wet. Just getting your confidence up. Yeah. Easy stuff. Confidence up you just shoot it down. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe later, but not, not in round one. Hopefully not at least. Round two, uh, round one, question two, Polly Prince is the character in which rom-com um along came polly it is along came polly i was a little nervous there because i didn't know if you had no along came polly conversations so i'm not sure if you had yeah. seen it but polly I don't prince think it's is good. what really do you think it's good i love along came polly i think it's great oh. okay i don't know we're learning so much about each other i mean the whole <laughs> ben stiller thing is like a whole different ball game that's it is a, a, different a conversation for another episode but yeah we well, could go on a, for hours on that one. We can do a long game, Polly. That's a good. You need to rewatch that one too. I think it's a give it a second chance. It's pretty good. Maybe I just didn't understand it then. If I can accept that this movie really exhibits true love, as you have said, I think you can accept a long game, Polly is pretty good. Okay, fair. Last question around one. Jenna okay. Rink, is a character oh, from which rom com? Thirteen, going on thirty. Perfect. Easy. Amazing. Round one Easy. done. Love that books. movie. Great movie, 30, 30, and movie. thriving, baby. <laughs> yes, that's a perfect hashtag for any Instagram post at 30. Round two, getting a little bit difficult. Not too hard, though. 
Don't embarrass me. <laughs> I won't embarrass you. Or do. It's fine. <laughs> Question one. Cat Stratford is a character from which romantic comedy? Cat Stratford. Cat. Oof. That one's hard. Just friends. Or, uh, or I'll give you her sister, Bianca Stratford. Bianca? Cat no. and Bianca. Would it be too easy to say, like, who she played or who her partner oh, was? Oh, way too easy. Oh, way all too right. Easy. The answer to this one is 10 Things I Hate About You. 10 Things. Oh. Cat and Bianca Stratford. Cat and Bianca. Yes, now I, Bianca's face is so ingrained now in my memory. <laughs> she was so whiny. She was very whiny. Very whiny. Question two. I feel like two. people are going to hate me. First of all, can we just say I was, like, six when that movie came out, so nobody hate me. I had to watch it much later <laughs> in my years. Um it is a great movie. Heath Ledger. R.I.P. Beautiful man in that. So I good. promise you this, and I can say this out of experience, and Ren will also testify to this. It is a very different feeling to be put in the hot seat on the spot hearing this out of the blue. I, you know, I didn't quiz yeah. on you this before we talked. So you're hearing this for the first time. It's a very different feeling. Trust me. Yes. Um, I want everyone to know I didn't study for this, okay? <laughs> you did it. You did it. <laughs> Question two. Agent Gracie Hart from which romantic comedy? Um, why do I want to say it's Miss Congeniality? Because it is Miss Congeniality. Oh, yes. Oh, fantastic. I see her now putting that dinner in the microwave and closing it with the spoon. And last in round two, Allegra Cole is love interest in which romantic comedy? Allegra Allegra Cole. Beautiful name and also great for my allergies. Um... (laughs) I have no idea. It sounds it's, familiar. I just can't put it. It's going to be the very popular and very fond to my heart, Hitch. Hitch? Uh, with Yeah, I've never seen that. You've never seen Hitch? No. Oh, my. It's a Will game Smith changer. Will Smith in that role is so interesting. It's a game changer. That one might, like, eclipse your, like, top five. It's that good. We'll see. Hitch rules. Hitch rules. Really? All right. It's really, really good. Really, All right. Really we'll good. watch it. All right. Round three. These three are kind of hard. Oof. Send me home. It's a good like culmination of like new and old. So here we go. Round three. Okay. Laura Jean is a lead character in which current romantic comedy? To all the boys I've loved. It is to all the boys I've loved. It's embarrassing. You know, I want to say um, I've watched that like 200 times. <laughs> and that isn't, I couldn't say that as one of the like, you know, most watched movies of of my life because i've just seen inception so many times but yeah when that first came out oh my goodness gracious i watched it every day for three months so i didn't know if i should put this in like round two round one i was like "Mm, i don't know has angela seen to all the boys i've loved before maybe she has so i should put it in round three but it apparently should have been a round one question for you (laughs) (laughs) too easy Uh, too easy all right question two in round three anna scott is the romantic comedy character from which film? Anna, Anna Scott. Scott. Um, I don't know. It sounds so familiar. I just have no idea. It's going to be Julia Roberts in Notting Hill. The oh, mean yeah. Anna Scott who's all famous and looks down on the book own, bookstore owner. Last question in round three. See if we can send it off with a bang. Okay. I hope I get this right. Lainey Boggs is the f- <laughs> the character in which popular romantic comedy? Lainey, Lainey Boggs. Here's the thing. You know, as you knit, you you know are going through this quiz, I'm like, do they ever say the names in these movies? Also fair, they don't. It's not really. They say like one time in the beginning and that's it. Lainey yeah. Boggs. It's question three of the last round for a reason. Lainey Boggs. Yeah, I mean, Lainey Boggs. Can I get a hint? Can I call a lifeline? <laughs> Your hint will be the... Love interest is played by Freddie Prince Jr. Oh, oh, she's all that. It is. She's all that. Yes. It is. She's oh. all that. Lainey Love Boggs. that haircut. <laughs> she's so beautiful. Yeah, she is very attractive. I had a big crush on Lainey Boggs for a very long time. I mean, who wouldn't? I was like, keep the glasses on. You're still cute. I know. I know. It's funny how like that was like her ugly moment or look when she's. I know. Just every transition, right? It's like let me straighten (laughs) your hair and take your glasses off. Yeah, you're beautiful Uh, now. Well, we have officially reached. You did pretty good. You missed some like reasonable ones. Do I get Um, a Chili's gift card for winning? You get a Chili's gift card for winning. Yes, you get uh, free chips and salsa. That's what you get. Chips and salsa, my favorite. (laughs) 
Oh, well, we've officially reached the end of our episode on 51st Dates. Angela, I want to thank you for being here, but I also want to thank know you. your final thoughts on 51st Dates. What's your takeaway from our discussion today? My takeaway is I'm still going to keep watching it and still keep enjoying it. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. Um, I think my takeaway from this one is may have not aged as gracefully as I thought it did after we've talked about it a little bit more in depth, right. but still pretty great. Still pretty fun. And whether or not the ending is a testament of true love or not, I will accept your uh, your argument that it is, and I can be happy with the movie. I like that. <laughs> well, thank you for being here. I had a lot of fun. We'll definitely have you back, and maybe we'll talk about Blended. We'll talk about Mr. Deeds. Uh, we'll talk about Along Came Polly. I'm not sure. We'll pick something good. Or maybe we'll choose Inception because apparently you've seen it 30 billion times. Oh, I could go all day. That would be after like, that would be our special three part series. Oh, um, it's like a three part do, breakdown. Uh, listen, music, movie, plot. Ooh. Yeah. Huge, okay. huge, big, huge big episode. mistake. <laughs> um. <laughs> there we go. I caught it. Um, we can do that. I already forgot what your second most rewatched movie. Oh, The Greatest Showman. Maybe we'll do The Greatest Showman as our next episode, next time you ha- you're you on. Maybe. That one's good. You have to watch <laughs> it if you haven't. I, I'll have to put it on my list to add a bunch of things to watch. But uh, anyways, thank you for being on. Uh, thank you to everybody who continues to listen. Continue to follow us on social media, on Instagram, on Twitter, and TikTok. And uh, we'll be back next week with an episode. On, I'm not even sure what's going to be on. But we'll be back next week, I hope. Yeah.